0: Bread and Circuses, a novel by Joseph Anthony Ruley The characters and scenes portrayed in this book are fictional. Outside of commonly known historical figures, any resemblance to real persons, living or deceased, is just your imagination. To River Phoenix and all who have been sacrificed on the altar of celebrity. The people that once used to bestow military commands, high office, legions, everything, now limits itself. It has an obsessive desire for two things only, bread and circuses. From the 10th satire of the Roman writer Juvenal, 1st Century. The prologue. Excerpt from Journal of a Pariah by Lucy Farrow, published underground in 2091. You have to take off your shirt, pants, and shoes to get through airport security. Everybody knows that. It's been this way for nearly 40 years. When I travel, I look around and see the lines of people stripped and carrying their belongings as they shuffle along in quiet obedience. It reminds me of old newsreels from the 1930s and 40s that I viewed, in secret, of course, of the caravans of Jews boarding trains to the concentration camps before and during World War II. Only now we wear face masks and latex gloves. That's how the creeping hand of the government tightened its hold. Not with the airport stripping, but by prohibiting access to historical documentation in any form, except for the government-issued a Mare i can use bulletin. I don't remember seeing many books around, except in my great-grandmother's house when I was a child. She had a few histories, novels, and a Bible. She had to paste over the covers with even older covers from Italian romance novels, so the Ministry of Information inspectors never looked beyond the spines during the purge of treachery in 2035. Her mother, my great-great-grandmother, had been born in Italy, and my great-grandmother had kept those books for some reason. Now I know why. I really don't remember how the world got to be this way, because I've never known anything different. But it was very different, according to my grandparents and my great-grandmother, and it began in the middle of the 20th century. My great-grandmother was born in 1900, and her parents had been born in the late 19th century into a world with no cars and no air travel, radios, televisions, computers, Internet, extranet, eye scanners, or the rest. Everything has changed, I remember my great-grandmother saying when I was young. The showiness of supposed patriotism was one of those apparent changes, or so I was told. In the last quarter of the 20th century, Flags only tended to fly on official buildings, or perhaps in front of people's homes on Independence Day, but that was it. The bicentennial sparked some pride, but it wasn't until the Iranian hostage crisis in 1979, with the burning of the American flag there, and especially after the 9-11 attacks in 2001, it became more common to see them flying. In the 1980s, President Ronald Reagan kept talking about America and God blessing it. Since him, every president and emperor has ended their speeches by saying, God bless America, and people believe it. My great-grandmother knew how to read and write in two languages and taught my grandmother and my father. She started to teach me Italian but died soon after starting my lessons. My dad wasn't too keen on keeping up the lesson, since it was getting dangerous to show interest in foreign things. I remember the first border wall being built in California, then the second and third extensions all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. The old name, I know. That was also the same time that all 52 states passed the Freedom of Our Use of Language Amendment that mandated an English-only platform for all businesses, schools, and religious groups. I didn't mind it at the time. By not having to study another language, my friends and I could concentrate on sports with more rigor. It's funny how something can be unnoticed at a specific time, but then seen so clearly in retrospect. But this amendment was just another salvo in a barrage that I couldn't hear, see, or understand. When you're 10 years old and a teacher doesn't show up for class one day, the substitute becomes your permanent instructor, and you just adapt. Even though your original teacher was good and taught you what she called critical thinking. It's only later that one comes to understand words like un-American, insidious, resettlement, and detention camp. What I write here is my attempt to chronicle these events in order to explain what has transpired and why it's played out in the way we see today. The first election of President Shane Micheletti in 2036, I think, began the precipitous slide that's landed us where we are today. The numbing of the citizenry was nearly complete by the first quarter of the 21st century. Micheletti was able to consolidate power by his re-election in 2040, because the political terrain had been laid waste a generation earlier. Congressional debates had turned into yelling matches, with neither party being heard. When that happened, each legislator developed personal brands to sell themselves to their fans, which were once called constituents. Their apparent thoughts, feelings, and invectives were distributed digitally through social media, creating hundreds of ideological camps of followers, millions of friend requests, likes, and shares, and billions of gigabytes of dimmed wit, ill-will, and wholesale resentment. Impeachment followed impeachment, and the viral online clamor was only temporarily overshadowed by a pulmonary coronavirus. The haphazardness of the federal response during the lockdown of 2020 mirrored the political chaos. The failed coup of 2021 and the other attempted and rumored insurrections that year exacerbated the growing malignancy. Finger-pointing, name-calling, and removing congressional oversight became the state-run standard operating procedure. After the deaths were counted, The legislatures across the nation and in Washington DC were repopulated, but that didn't help. Rioting claimed more lives and police brutality was recorded for use in instructional videos at all the municipal military schools. News coverage at first centered on the injustices suffered by people of color. Later, all media outlets fell in lockstep with the federal guidelines mandating a minimum 90% of crimes televised and criminals featured were to be males of black or brown skin tone. The color barrier scale during the great lockdown of 2040 had been promulgated to help authorities determine the guilt of a suspect. I remember when the first color scale was created by the Ministry of American Racial Knowledge. The president volunteered to submit to the test first, and he scored highest, vanilla. The level of tolerance was capped at Mocha Chai, and anyone testing darker was kept on the temporary citizen list, TCL for short, provided they didn't break the law. Of course, there was a natural pipeline diverted from the schools into the prison system, and from incarceration to enrollment in military service for those of a darker hue. I scored mocha latte, because of my Mediterranean skin, on the color scale, which was darker than the president, but a shade lighter than mocha chai. Many of my friends scored on the wrong end of the scale and had to fill out special TCL papers. One could apply for a TCL exemption by voluntarily joining the military. I remember some co-workers being escorted out of our office building for informational meetings. My boyfriend returned to his cubicle one day, after four hours in such a meeting, with tears in his eyes and a stack of forms to fill out. He reported to the Army recruiter the next day and was killed in a raid off the coast of East Africa as President Micheletti was sworn in for his second term in 2041. Exemptions were also offered for those talented enough for the athletic or entertainment industries, who were much like the treats, the bread and circuses the ancient Roman emperors provided to the common people to placate them and prevent uprisings. Sports fans and moviegoers continued bellying up to the trough as new talent poured onto stadium fields and on the cinema screens. And audiences were always ready to cheer and cry as soldiers were deployed to one war zone or another, which Micheletti had insisted was essential for national security. Sometimes the soldiers were secretly shuffled home for a surprise reunion with unsuspecting children and spouses, only to be redeployed to frontline duty when the cameras were turned off. Micheletti's voice rose from the chaos of the 2030s, and he began implementing programs and policies to restore order. With little bipartisan cooperation in the legislature, voters relied on this strong, single leader more and more, all the while clamoring for a speedy return to the distractions that athletes and other celebrities could bring. Some succeeded better than others with flag kissing, Bible waving, and jaw jutting. When, at his second inauguration in 2041, the president announced plans for the incremental enhancement of troop strength, in all branches of the American Armed Forces, no one objected. Partly due to blind trust, and partly from ignorance of what incremental enhancement really meant, the people just turned back to their sporting events, binge shows, 4D games, or social media streams of the moment. The compensation to parents in exchange for their children hadn't appeared out of nothing, Athletic programs, both school-based and independent ones, encouraged children to play multiple sports during the school year and pick two or three sports to play over the summer, when the teams would travel for three months. It was promoted as the best way for children to stay out of trouble. The parents believed the party line was true, so they kowtowed to their children's on-the-road sports schedules that kids who didn't play sports were more likely to get into drugs and end up in jail was an accepted, albeit undocumented, fact. For those deemed the wrong color or untalented, the TCL provided a ready path to military duty. When the time came to utilize young people for the good of the nation, as President Micheletti called it, convincing them and their parents was easy. Heeding his call... Faithful American youth swarmed, or were pushed into swarming, all branches of the armed forces recruitment centers across the country to register for service. The rest were to continue their athletic and acting, modeling pursuits. To Micheletti, the 2035 violence during the purge of treachery seemed barbaric. So he introduced the National Raffle in 2037 as his first executive action to reward citizens for turning in the names of suspected traitors to national security. The Snowball's Chance Snow Cone National Raffle, the President's Publicity Department assured him, was a better public relation move than more purges, despite no prizes ever being awarded. The suspects' names were collected from loyal citizens, and these persons of public interest Were watched for potential sedition. While no one ever knew anyone whose name was drawn in the raffle to receive the prize money, everyone believed there had been winners. Soon after the introduction of the raffle, greater measures were deemed necessary to ensure law and order. By the beginning of Micheletti's second term in 2041, people began to disappear with more frequency. Many began to encourage their friends to escape while there was still opportunity. So a growing number heeded that advice after finding loved ones dead in a government-proclaimed suicide epidemic. The Ministry of Information monitored situations across the country with record-keeping envied by obsessive compulsives everywhere. Names were recorded, articles filed, photos downloaded, The tools of propaganda were poised and sharpened for any offensive deemed necessary. In 2043, Information Minister Aspen McDermott received the Presidential Medal of Freedom for his vigilance over the treachery of foot. The reader closed Pharaoh's memoir, pulled up her hood to block the Lake Michigan fall breeze, and walked up the steps of the back porch just off the sand, grateful for the handrail her husband had built. She went to the loose floorboard in the back room and stashed away the manuscript for the time being.